Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am your host, Alfred Parsar Jr., and here on this program, we talk about any and everything New York Mets. Today is Friday, July 30th, 2021. As of this recording, it is 1 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Time. And why am I announcing the time when I usually just announce the date? That's because today, yes, today, Friday, July 30th, 2021, is the MLB trade deadline as of 4 p.m. Eastern Time. No more trades for the rest of the season unless a player is designated for assignment. So, uh, what this means is there are teams that are having fire sales, and there are some teams that are going down the path of acquiring whatever they can get, sending some poor rebuilding team prospects galore, or sending some team the King's Ransom to get some of these players. Uh, we've got a loaded program for you guys today, or tonight I should say, because it's late night, it is 1am as I just said, uh, here in New York City where I am located, and uh, we got a lot to talk about on this program of course the mlb trade deadline is what everybody is talking about right now in the world of baseball so in the second half of the program uh past the break we will go over everything that you need to know not only about the mets because this is a new york mets podcast but just about all the major transactions i'm going to talk about uh here on the program and what that means for the mets and what it doesn't mean for the mets i'm also going to talk about who's left on the board that the mets could possibly get and who on the roster whether it's the 40-man, double-A, triple-A, high-A, low-A, who, who the Mets can possibly give up. And in the first half of the program, I'm going to go over this New York Mets-Atlanta Braves series that concluded yesterday uh, in Flushing, the five games in four days between the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. So with that being said, uh, let's start off the show Monday's doubleheader, the last edition of the Metropolitan Report, was on Monday. That episode was released before the doubleheader. Uh, shout out to a good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Barry Grant Jr. Uh, he came to the game, the doubleheader game, with me uh, on Monday. Uh, Barry Grant, again, of the All Even Podcast, the All Even Sports Podcast, available on Podbean, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Shout outs to All Even. Get on the wave. But uh, Barry and myself took in that doubleheader on Monday. Uh, the Mets split that doubleheader. Couldn't score a single run in the first game of the doubleheader. Uh, it was just uh, an atrocious offensive outing uh, in that doubleheader. The Mets lost that one 2 to nothing. Uh, the losing pitcher, Marcus Stroman, he fell to 7-9 on the season. 2.63 ERA. Uh, the winner was... The rookie, Kyle Muller, he improved to 2-3, and three, now with a 2.55 ERA. And Will Smith got the save. Uh, Atlanta only scored runs in the third and the fourth. Uh, the Mets, no runs on five hits the entire game. Uh, if you look at the pitching line, there's not really much I could say. I, I know that I said Marcus Stroman needs to get it together. But uh, in five innings, now remember there's a seven-inning game here. In five innings pitched, he gave up two runs on eight hits, walked one, struck out four. Not really a bad line. His ERA for the year is still 2.63. Uh, it would be good to see Marcus uh, have a better output 
a better pitching performance, but Marcus Stroman, for whatever reason, is just not the Marcus Stroman that started the beginning of this 2021 season when he was 3-0 and with a 0.90 ERA in the month of April. Marcus Stroman has just got to get it together. The dog days of summer are here. It's a it, at this point it, it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon to the playoffs. If you really look at the the amount of games played last season started now. What I mean by that is there each team has sixty games or fewer remaining this season. Of course, last season was the truncated COVID season where the major league season was reduced to sixty games. So. What I mean by that is it's only 60 games or fewer for each team left in the league. So the marathon starts now. And I, and that's also what contributes to the trade deadline as well. Which we will talk about uh, in the second half of this show. But Marcus Stroman didn't pitch bad. Only two runs. The eight hits is kind of alarming. But he lowered the damage to, to two runs. Uh, walked one, struck out four. Uh, Miguel Castro was the lone reliever in this game. He pitched two innings, gave up two hits, no runs, walked one, and struck out four. Reason being why Miguel Castro was the only reliever in this game was because the very next game, which was game two of the doubleheader, which started 30 minutes after game one ended, the New York Mets defeated the Atlanta Braves with a final score of one to nothing, and it was a bullpen game, meaning Aaron Loop got the start. Of course, Loop if you have been keeping up with New York Mets baseball, has been the Mets' most reliable reliever out of the bullpen. To go by the pitching numbers here, Aaron Loop gave up no runs, no hits, struck out one in one inning of work. Aaron Loop, I don't know how this guy didn't make the all-star team. I'm going to go out and say this again, that he was an all-star snub. He he has an ERA on the season of 1.39. That's just outstanding. Jerry's Familia looked good here. He pitched one inning, no runs, no walks, two hits, and three strikeouts. Anthony Banda was the only Mets reliever in this game to pitch more than one inning. Banda pitched two innings, gave up no runs, did not walk anybody, gave up one hit, but struck out three. Trevor May, who was the winning pitcher of record, had a, I wouldn't call it a dominant inning, but he didn't give up any runs, no walks, no hits. Uh, in one inning pitched, Seth Lugo, one inning pitched, uh, he gave up one hit, he walked one, didn't strike out anybody, still not the Seth Lugo from 2019 that was dominant, and then Edwin Diaz came in to shut the door, uh, Diaz struck out the side uh, in the inning he pitched, didn't walk anybody, didn't give up any hits, uh, his ERA ent- entering this game was 4.16, down to 3.98 now. Uh, Edwin Diaz, previous to this, had three shaky appearances. He did come in and get the save on Sunday, which we talked about on Monday's edition of the report. So, uh, good showing by Edwin Diaz. Uh, Now we move on to Tuesday. That was the massacre in Flushing. Uh, The Mets lost that game by a score of 12-5. Charlie Morton for the Atlanta Braves had the win. He moves up to 10 and 3, 3.72 ERA. The losing pitcher is somebody who I hope to never see in a Mets uniform again. Jared Eikhoff. Uh Jared Eikhoff 
has started four games for the Mets. He's pitched in five. He appeared as a reliever in one. Uh, he's 0-2 on the season, 8.69 ERA. Shortly after this game, Jared Eikhoff was designated for assignment when it was revealed that the Mets would be activating Carlos Carrasco, who was going to start the game later on today uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. We'll talk about that game a little later on. But Jared Eikhoff has been designated for assignment not one, not two, but three times so far this season. And let me let me address Jared Eikhoff really quickly. Jared Eikhoff is a career number five starter. He's a career spot starter. What that means is that if there is an injury to somebody in the rotation, he's going to get the ball to go on the hill. If, for whatever reason, there's some type of emergency... He's the guy that gets to start. Jared Eikhoff did not play in 2020. He had spent his entire career with the Phillies. He was the fifth guy after the 2019 season, realizing that he is a human pinata because he gets beat around so much. They they just let him walk. The Mets out of necessity because, you know, DeGrom is on the injured list. David Peterson is on the injured list. There's been no Cindergaard all year. Carrasco was hurt. So when the Mets had a need for a starting pitcher, they just signed Eikhoff. He probably was a cheap pickup. And I and I hope Zach Scott, even though he probably is not listening to this program, I hope Zach Scott can telepathically hear me. I do not want to see Jared Eikhoff in a Mets uniform for the rest of the season. If you need another starter because of an injury or some type of accident or some miracle of God, a disaster, a tornado, whatever, you have Thomas Zapucky, you have Franklin Killame. Use them. Call one of them up. They've got options. You can always send them back down when somebody else comes off the IL. But I do not want to see Jared Eikhoff. I can't even call Jared Eikhoff mediocre. Because mediocre is better than the numbers that he has put up. 19 and two-thirds innings on the season. Only 13 strikeouts. 8.69 ERA. It's disgusting. You want to break down his last three games? Again, against Atlanta. This past Tuesday. Three and one-thirds innings pitched, ten runs on seven hits, five walks. And so what? He had four strikeouts. July 19th against the Cincinnati Reds, three and two-thirds innings. He gave up two runs on six hits, one walk, three strikeouts. July 11th against the Pirates, two and two-thirds innings. Two runs on six hits, no walks, no strikeouts. If you if we look at his numbers for the year, again, five games, four as a starter, 19 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 24 runs on 30 hits. Nine home runs accounting for those runs. Three hit batsmen, 10 walks, and 13 strikeouts. That's not major league worthy. And I guarantee you after this third and final, well, what I hope to be final, designated for assignment, his career will be over.
You know where Jared Eikhoff will most likely end up? He's going to end up where another Met pitcher who just couldn't get it together in the majors, Chris Flexen. For those of you who follow the Mets, Chris Flexen should be a familiar name. He was up and down between Syracuse and Flushing in 2019 and in 2018 when we had Las Vegas with the Area 51s as our AAA affiliate before we got Syracuse. And Chris Flexen couldn't cut it in the majors. So Jared Eikhoff is going to end up where Chris Flexen went. A league that my good friend Shaheem Taylor, shout outs to you sir, knows all too well. The KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. And he'll probably play for the SK Wyverns, or the Doosan Bears, or the Kia Tigers, or the Hanwha Eagles, or some other team that plays on ESPN2 at 5 o'clock in the morning when nobody in America is awake to watch those games. And they'll probably get a big contract because in the KBO, which more often than not, those players are on the level of double-A ball players in America. Because he's American and he's a foreign player, they're going to give him a big contract. Maybe one, two million, three million, or maybe even four, five million for the season. Like they've done most uh, mediocre players who just couldn't hack it in Major League Baseball in America. Another former Met, Aaron Altair, the outfielder. Lifetime Philly, played one season with the Mets. He went to KBO last season and got paid, and he ain't come back yet. So that's where Jared Eikhoff is probably going to have to resume his baseball career, in the KBO. Moving on to the next game on Wednesday. And by the way, before before I forget, did I mention I don't want to see Jared Eikhoff in a Mets uniform ever again? I'd like to see him in an opposing player's uniform, uh, an opposing team's uniform, coming back to Flushing so we could use him as a human pinata and play human pinball and take batting practice off of him in the course of a game. But moving on, on Wednesday, the New York Mets defeat the Atlanta Braves by a final score of 2-1. Two, two Tyler McGill on the hill. And when McGill is on the hill, it's going to be a thrill because Tyler McGill is still undefeated. He didn't get the decision in this game, but he did get his second career major league hit. So shout outs to him. Uh, Tyler McGill pitched very well. He only gave up one run on five hits. He walked one, but struck out six. Uh, The only run that he gave up uh, was a home run to Austin Riley. Austin Riley, who went on a tier this series with four home runs and 10 RBI off of Mets pitching. But other than that, McGill was solid. The real heroes of this game are Brandon Drury and Michael Conforto. Why Brandon Drury? Because when the game was tied one-to-one in the bottom of the seventh, Brandon Drury with a pinch hit home run. Uh, Drury for the season now hitting over 300. He sits at 306. Drury, who had his best days as an Arizona Diamondback, has come to Flushing and been a savior of sorts, hitting over 400 in pinch hit appearances for the season. Uh, Brandon Drury doing a heck of a job. When we think of guys who filled in when the Mets were injury depleted, the Mason Williams, the Billy McKinney's, uh, the Janeshwi Fargus, 
And then we have Brandon Jury. Brandon Jury is the only one left out of that replacement core from the replacements, as as we like to call them. But Drury hit that home run. That was the go-ahead home run. And then in the top of the ninth, Edwin Diaz on the hill. Abraham Almonte on second. And uh, Adrianza was at the plate. Adrianza gets a single. Abraham Almonte was waved home, rounding third base. And Michael Conforto with a cannon of a throw to James McCann to tag out Abraham Almonte which prevented the game from being tied. Uh, credit Michael Conforto with the sharp arm and the outfield assist. And Edwin Diaz went on to lock down the save in that ball game. Uh, the Mets won that one with a final score of 2-1. to one. If we look at the Mets pitching, uh, again, Tyler McGill, uh, as we stated, he pitched five and a thirds innings, gave up one run on five hits. Six strikeouts, and, uh, and of course, like we said, the Austin Riley home run being the only run. Said Lugo, uh, an uneventful line. He pitched two-thirds of an inning. No runs, no hits, no walks. Trevor May ended up getting the win. Uh, he's been inconsistent all year. Pitched one inning, two strikeouts, no walks, no hits. Aaron Loop continues to be phenomenal. Pitched a third of an inning. Gave up two hits, but was able to get out of that. Uh, Jerry's Familia struck out one. No runs, no hits. Edwin Diaz with the save, he gave up two hits, but uh, no walks, no strikeouts, no runs, which is the most important thing. And then, yesterday, in a matinee game, 12 noon, day game, right after a night game, the Braves win 6-3 over the Mets. Taiwan Walker, what a fall from grace for this guy. He falls to 7-5, and five and his ERA goes to 3.71 it was at 2.95 entering this game uh walker pitched horribly uh taiwan walker five innings he gave up five runs on six hits he did strike out seven but walked two and two of those hits were home runs uh miguel castro uh pitched one inning here one walk two strikeouts Aaron Loop, again, phenomenal. Pitched one inning, no, but had nothing eventful. No runs, no hits, no walks, no strikeouts. Jerry's Familia, one run on one hit, one strikeout. The one run was a home run. And then uh, the Mets, who right before this game called up uh, one of their star prospects, Akeem Bostic. He pitched one inning, but it was an uneventful inning. He walked one, struck out none, no hits, no runs. But Taiwan Walker, back to him. And I said on the last edition of the Metropolitan Report, that I was going to give Taiwan Walker one more start before I wrote him off. And this was that one more start. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Taiwan Walker is a fraud. Yes, he was an all-star. Was he deserving of that all-star berth? Some will say no because, oh, he only made the game because Jacob deGrom would not play. He was a replacement All-Star. Okay, we give you that. But since that All-Star game when Mike Zanino hit that home run off of him, he hasn't been the same. Check out these stats. And just just listen to this. And this is going to be... This is going to be a crazy stat line here of what I'm about to say. 
But in his last three starts combined, Taiwan Walker has pitched nine and one-thirds innings. Nine and one-thirds. That is the equivalent to one full game of baseball and one out of another game, right? So nine and one-thirds innings. He's given up 17 runs in nine and one-thirds innings. His ERA since the All-Star break is 15.48. 15.48 in nine and a third innings. 17 runs in that span. I know I said this on the last edition of the report. But is that acceptable to you? You don't even have a you don't even have to be a Mets fan for that to be unacceptable. If you were a fan of any team, Let's say, for example, a Yankee fan and get and Garrett Cole, who Yankee fans worship. If he put up those numbers, or if you Darvish on the Padres put up those numbers, or Clayton Kershaw on the Dodgers, or Shane Bieber on the Indians, or Lucas Giolito, or Carlos Rodon, or Lance Lynn, or any combination from the from the Chicago White Sox put up those numbers, would that be acceptable? 17 runs in nine and a third innings? That's acceptable for an entire rotation in a week. Maybe an entire bullpen. But one man? One man? And this is okay? Like, for as much as Marcus Stroman has been struggling lately, I'd rather choose him to to, to start over, over Tywan Walker if I was given a choice of one over the other. I don't know where, where where the Taiwan Walker that made the All-Star game is. Maybe he shouldn't have been chosen to go to the All-Star game because you know the rules. Every MLB team has to have one representative. The way the offense was looking, I, I couldn't have picked anybody. He was the default choice. Maybe they should have sent Pete Alonso to the All-Star game. The guy's batting 265 was batting 264 before the all-star well 254 sorry before the all-star break began why couldn't we send him and look how he's played in the second half compared to to taiwan walker taiwan walker is a fraud he fooled us all like it's just unacceptable maybe that's why he was available uh uh as a free agent late into the offseason right before spring training and to think the Mets could have had Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton's 10 and 3. We could have had Charlie Morton, a World Series hero. Granted, he, he won that World Series with the 2017 Astros, but nonetheless, a World Series hero. We could have had Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton was available. He was cheap. Look what the Braves gave him. He was cheap. Gave him a one year cheapy deal, $3 million. What did we give Taiwan? Around about twenty million for two years. It's is looking like a it's looking like a, a a bad a bad pickup. At the time, especially going into the All Star break, and I, I I was even guilty of saying this, and I, I and I said and I quote, Taiwan Walker was looking like the best bargain acquisition of the off season. Well, I was wrong. Because look what we got now. Look what we have now. 17 runs and nine and a third. That's that's not acceptable. And, I, and I'm going to keep saying it. I know I sound like a broken record. But that that is not acceptable. 
That is not acceptable at all. At all at all. And if that's acceptable to you, then we, we've got some major problems. You don't know baseball if that's acceptable to you. I'm sorry. But it, it, it's a disgusting stat line. A very disgusting stat line. He has numbers that a whole rotation or bullpen would have in a week. By himself. And in that nine, and you want to see what's even more telling in that nine and one thirds innings? He's issued eight walks. Eight walks and three starts. And one of the starts didn't even make it past the first inning. Officially, it, it was a third of an inning. Because he gave up six runs in the first inning. So in nine and a thirds innings, he's given up 17 runs and walked eight. And that's acceptable to you? No, no, no. Mets want to talk about trade deadline moves. They want to talk about people that just should be traded. How about, how, about we, how about we shop Walker? How about that? Anybody need a starter? Colorado Rockies, you want an extra starter? Pittsburgh Pirates, you need a starter? Arizona Diamondbacks, you need a starter? Minnesota Twins, you need a starter? Los Angeles Angels Anaheim, you need a starter? Baltimore Orioles, you need a starter? Kansas City Royals, you need a starter? Because we got one that's not working out for us. And he was all-star this year, so you, you, he's, he's accomplished. Falsely accomplished, but accomplished. Makes me sick. Taiwan Walker, you, sir, are a fraud. And I'm, uh, you, yes, you are a fraud. Making the all-star game as a, well, as a replacement. But maybe, what we sent you to the all-star game in good faith. And this is the production you give us. <sighs> I know the Mets are not going to move Taiwan Walker at the deadline. Probably going to have more faith in him. Yes, his, his win-loss record, he has more wins than losses. But if they moved him, I, 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 I would rejoice. I'd go to Carvel and get a fudgy to whale cake and put some candles in it and celebrate. But Taiwan Walker, he conned us, he fooled us all. Three straight starts, three horrid starts. Somebody better sit that man down. Jeremy Hefner, the pitching coach, you you better go work a bullpen session with this man and go fix him. And we worry, we worried about DeGrom and Carrasco, two guys on the injured list. And Taiwan Walker might as well be non-existent the way he's been pitching. Let a robot go out on the mound and, and pitch to, to, to opposition and, and see how, how much better we fare. We probably would do a bit better. Whatever you paying him, you paying him twenty million for two years. I'll take twenty grand for two years. How about that? You know, I'll pitch for. You. If you want somebody to stink up the joint, and and give up and give up aver on average five and a half runs per start, or you want somebody that'll give up seventeen runs in in a little over nine innings, I'm your man. I'll do it. I'll do it. Change my life. Pay me. I I'll gladly stink for that much money. Even less. But the bright side of yesterday's loss. Pete Alonso, another home run. Pete Alonso has been on a tear. Uh, he is the, the Mets' bright spot with all of this that's going on uh, since the first half has, has ended and the second half has resumed. Usually, you're, you're in, has history has taught us 
you're afraid of a player who goes to the home run derby and participates, yet alone wins. And he went to the home run derby, won the damn thing. And now all of a sudden, it's like he went to the derby and he found his swing. He's crushing home runs left and right. Uh, Pete is the home run leader for the most home runs in the second half since play has resumed. And shout outs to you, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, of course, a good friend of the show. And you hear him every episode of the Metropolitan Report. And I just want to say I'm very proud of Pete Alonzo's production. Again, he is one of the few bright spots on this team in this past week. If we want to look at Pete's numbers, uh, Pete Alonso uh, going into today is hitting 262, 23 home runs, 62 RBIs, an OPS of 850. Um, doing pretty good. Uh, and before we go to commercial break, I would just like to admit to all the listeners I was wrong. I said the Mets were going to take three out of five in this series against Atlanta. I was wrong. This Mets ball club uh, lost the series. Atlanta won three out of the five games. It looked like they just wanted it more. This was going to be a pivotal series. This was a chance to knock the Atlanta Braves out of contention. We didn't do that. And... There's just no excuses, just bad pitching, no offense. If you look at these games against the Braves, in these five games, it's 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 crazy. The Mets, like I, I just don't know what's going on with this lack of offense. Uh, in this series, the Mets scored 11 runs in five games. That that's a little on average of two and a half runs per game that's not going to cut it you can't you can't play a series of five games and average two and a half runs per game it's just not going to cut it as far as the schedule goes this weekend the Cincinnati Reds come to town we played them a week ago and we took two of three from them in Cincinnati uh, especially with the theatrics of one of those games where it went into extra innings and was a 15-11 to 11 final score for the Mets and then a 7-0 shutout uh, of the Reds last Wednesday. You best believe, on top of what Gary Cohen said about the Cincinnati Chili, <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds, who are trying to catch the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central, and they have something to play for, they're going to come out slugging, and they're going to come out for revenge. Of course, the, the Cincinnati Reds entering today are 54-49. and 49. They're seven games back uh, behind the Brewers for the, the NL Central lead. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are also hot. They come in winners of three consecutive games. They've won three in a row. They'll be looking to gain a measure of revenge here. And while everybody else is going uh, acquisition crazy over the trade deadline, all the Mets have done so far is say that they're bringing back black jerseys starting today. So, yeah, that should tell you the state of the franchise. Real quick, a preview. I'm not going to preview the entire series because, as you know, the trade deadline is today at 4 p.m. Uh, we do not know what this Mets roster will look like by 4 p.m. today. So I'll only preview the one game with the rosters as they are right now. Uh, scheduled to pitch for the Mets. Carlos Carrasco is making his Mets debut. He didn't pitch all spring training. He had the elbow injury. 
Then he ended up tearing his hamstring in spring training running laps, but he will make his long-awaited Mets debut. He goes up against Sonny Gray, who had a good season last season, not so much this season. He's 2-6 and six with a 4.50 ERA. If the rosters of both the Cincinnati Reds and the New York Mets stay the same after 4 p.m. today, the Mets should easily win this one. Sonny Gray is very easy to beat up on. Uh, Saturday's game, Wade Miley, who threw that no-hitter earlier this season, 8-4, 2.86 ERA. Uh, he goes up against Rich Hill, who's 6-4, 3.95 ERA. He was acquired from Tampa Bay last week. And then the final game of the series on Sunday, uh, the Cincinnati Reds are going to trot out Vladimir Gutierrez. He's 5-3 with a 4.75 ERA. He goes head-to-head with Marcus Stroman, who's 7-9, 2.63 ERA. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to go into full-fledged predictions. The Mets should take two out of three if the rosters do stay the same past the 4 p.m. trade deadline today. That's just my prediction. Uh, but I, I could be wrong. Like, I was wrong on the Braves series. Uh, we're going to take a break. And then after the break, we're going to go full force into your guide and our coverage into the 2021 MLB trade deadline with transactions, moves, rumors, and predictions. You're listening to the Metropolitan Report. I'm Alfred Parsar Jr. What's up, y'all? This is Barry Grant Jr., host of the All Even Podcast. I'm tuning in with my man, Alfred, host of the Metropolitan Report. That's the only place that I get my Mets news from. Tap in, because trust me, that's crazy. Do you have an event that needs a design? How about planning? You can take care of all your event needs with ARJ Signature Design, run by Alnisa Reed Jenkins, where you can get custom floral designs, event designs, set designs, as well as retail and commercial installs. You can get all that done by Alnisa Reed Jenkins of ARJ Signature Design with event planning and event designing and is also a family-run business. Again, that's ARJ Signature Design, and you can go ahead and get your free consultation by contacting Miss Reed Jenkins at arjsignaturedesign.com. They do a great job, and again, if you need any event florals, custom floral designs, or set design, whether you're commercial, retail, or personal, ARJ Signature Design can get the job done for you. Again, that's arjsignaturedesign.com for your free consultation now. Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Alonzo here from the New York Mets, and uh, I'm here with Alfred, and I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the Metropolitan Report. It's a really awesome show. You got some great insight on Mets baseball, and, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's a great place where Mets baseball is talked about, and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year. It's just been absolutely tremendous, so... Thank everybody for listening to the Metropolitan Report. And uh, Alfred, keep doing your thing. And as always, LFGM. And we are back on this jam-packed edition of the Metropolitan Report. And as I promised you after the break, we would talk about the 2021 MLB trade deadline. Of course, the trade deadline is today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Past 4 p.m. Eastern if that player is on your roster, you have to stick with him for the rest of the season unless you want to designate him for assignment and put him through waivers. Other than that, uh, if he's on the roster, he's got to stay on the roster. No trades past 4 p.m. for the rest of the season. Let's look at some moves. Uh, the Washington Nationals, and we'll start with them only because 
They are a rival to the Mets. They are in the National League East. They've started a fire sale. Uh, yesterday, they made the blockbuster trade with the Los Angeles Dodgers. They send Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers for Josiah Gray, who is a highly touted prospect, and Cabert Ruiz, who is a switch hitting catcher. Some say he would be the next Yasmani Grandal, a powerful switch hitting catcher. Uh, Cabert, of course, does have major league experience. He has played in bits and pieces of this season and last season as well. So that happened. Uh, Kyle Schwarber traded to the Boston Red Sox, among other things. And Brad Hand, somebody who the Mets tried to get uh, in the offseason this season, was dealt to the Toronto Blue Jays, who could use the bullpen help. So Brad Hand going to Toronto. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers didn't stop with the Washington Nationals trade. They also acquired Danny Duffy from the Kansas City Royals. Of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers going starting pitcher crazy because Trevor Bauer, amid sexual misconduct allegations, he is still on the commissioner's administrative leave list. Uh, there's doubt as to whether he will come back this season. Uh, Trevor Bauer, of course, in some trouble, being accused of some devious things sexually that we won't get into here. But his future in the majors is in jeopardy. He was on administrative leave for a week. The commissioner extended it. And uh, there have even been reports that have surfaced saying that none of his Dodger teammates really want him back in the clubhouse. And in the interim, they had David Price, who formerly was a starter, the former Tampa Bay Ray and Boston Red Sox, former World Series champion, came over in the trade with Mookie Betts. He's primarily been in the bullpen this season, but since Bauer went on leave, uh, Price has had some spot starts, but this is going to shore up their rotation. Look at this pitching rotation really quickly. You have Clayton Kershaw, you have Walker Bueller, you have Julio Urias, and now Max Scherzer and Danny Duffy to join them. And if Bauer somehow magically is able to come back, you might as well give them the World Series ring. Uh, you know, the the Dodgers also, uh, at shortstop, uh, they improve. They, they have Trey Turner. The Dodgers have been banged up. Uh, Cody Bellinger still has the hamstring issues. He hasn't been playing outfield lately. He's been in first base. So uh, this Dodgers team tremendously improves. Uh, the Washington Nationals all but have given up on their season. They've acquired nothing but prospects here. Um, in trading Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox, they get back Aldo Martinez, who is the Red Sox uh, number 19 prospect per the MLB pipeline. Uh, Kyle Schwarber uh, is still on the injured list, but he was able to be traded. Uh, Kyle Schwarber and Max Scherzer, those two contracts were up at the end of the year anyway. So the Washington Nationals are replenishing their farm system. They, they'll probably be a team that won't contend for maybe three, four, maybe five years. Um, at least they still have Juan Soto, who has been the focal point of uh, this uh, Washington Nationals team. Uh, the Nationals weren't done there, however. They sent Daniel Hudson to the San Diego Padres. They acquire Mason Thompson and Jody Barley, two more prospects. So 
it's full rebuild mode in Washington, D.C. right now for the Washington Nationals. Speaking of the San Diego Padres, I know this is not exactly trade deadline news, but uh, a few days ago, Adam Frazier, which if you listen to the Metropolitan Report last Thursday, when I did a little preview of who I wanted the Mets to go after in the trade deadline, Adam Frazier, he goes to the San Diego Padres in a deal for prospects. Uh, So Adam Frazier is off the board. You want to talk about um, some big uh, trade deadline acquisitions. The New York Yankees, who, although they're above 500, um, they're in a race that's looking like the finish line is, is off in the far distance. Uh, their playoff hopes are are a long shot at this point, but they're still trying to make a push to make it. They've acquired Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers and Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, that's going to be huge. Of course, Anthony Rizzo, a, a former World Series hero with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Joey Gallo, uh, a, a power-hitting slugger who, as long as he was a Texas Ranger, would have never had a chance to compete for anything meaningful. So, And he was the face of that franchise, but now with the emergence of Adolis Garcia, uh, Joey Gallo uh, is free to move on. They're probably going to build that franchise around Adolis Garcia out in uh, Arlington. Uh, Adolis Garcia was an all-star this year for the Rangers, but Joey Gallo in the past has proven he could put up power numbers. And if you look at that uh, that Yankees offense now, when healthy, they're going to be very dangerous. Um, you've got Giancarlo Stanton. You've got Aaron Judge. You now add Rizzo and, and Gallo to the mix. you got a Luke Voigt. you got Glaber Torres if he could uh, get it back together. Uh, Gary Sanchez if he can get it back together. So uh, this, this Yankee team looking dangerous. And um, hopefully uh, the pitching can come back to form as well. So, a lot of a lot of big moves here uh, at the deadline. Also, Starling Marte of the Miami Marlins, who the Marlins acquired last season at the trade deadline from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He for the second consecutive year he's being moved at the deadline. Starling Marte going to the Oakland Athletics. So that is a is a big move. He was traded for Jesus Lazardo, a pitcher who. Oakland had high hopes for entering the season. He's underperformed, so away he went to Miami. Hopefully, he could get back on track in Miami. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, in addition to moving Anthony Rizzo, they have gone to say, uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, that they were going to be huge sellers uh, at the deadline. Uh, right now, the Nationals have got them beat, but they have traded Ryan Tapera uh, across town to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the last time that uh, the Cubs and White Sox made a trade uh, at the deadline was in 2017. At the time when Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease were prospects, they got sent from the Cubs to the White Sox. So here we go again. Uh, again, traded for prospects. Uh, Ryan Tapera, he was traded for Bailey Horn, who was a fifth-round pick uh, from Auburn. Uh, last season so a lot of moves being made here uh the white Sox also weren't done with uh with the ryan tapera move uh they get cesar hernandez 
which is shocking because Cesar Hernandez, the second baseman for the Cleveland Indians, he moves uh, within the division from Cleveland at Progressive Field uh, going to the Chicago White Sox. That move was made to fill the void that Nick Madrigal left when he got hurt. So there are a lot of moves being done, and they probably won't end because, again, right now, as I'm recording this, it is 2 a.m. here in New York where I'm located, and another 14 more hours the deadline approaches. In other moves, the Tampa Bay Rays, who a lot of people thought after they let uh, Charlie Morton and Blake Snell both go, uh, wouldn't be contending, but they, they hold... Uh, one of the wild card spots in the American League. They give up uh, a surefire reliever who was very reliable for them, Diego Castillo, who had a really good um, uh, curveball and a, and, a, and a really good two-seam uh, fastball. They they sent him to the Seattle Mariners for prospects as well. The Mariners have been on fire as of late. Uh, they've been winning more than they've been losing. A lot of moves being made here. Uh, the Yankees. Uh, they traded Justin Wilson, who was a former Met, and Luis Cesar uh, to the Cincinnati Reds for a player to be named later, probably to f uh, free up roster space. Former Met Rafael Montero shipped from Seattle along with Kendall Graveman to the Astros for Abraham Toro. Uh, Oakland, again, they, they hold one of those American League wildcard spots. Uh, they were able to get reliever Andrew Chafin uh, from the Cubs. So... A lot of moves to bolster up a lot of uh, a lot of rosters here. Uh, Tyler Anderson, who you may know this season for the Pirates, hit a home run off of Marcus Stroman. Uh, he's also uh, gone to Seattle. Seattle again, trying to get in the hunt for that uh, last wild card spot. They've been playing really well. They've been playing better than a lot of people's expectations as of late. Uh, the Mariners. Uh, they are two and a half games back of Oakland for that final wild card spot. So they've come alive uh, in the second half. Nobody expected them to play like that. So, and of course, last week we reported here on the program, uh, the Twins traded Nelson Cruz to the Tampa Bay Rays. So, um, yep, that's that's every major move that has uh, been done at the deadline or ahead of the deadline, I should say. Now, that leaves the New York Mets, which this show is a New York Mets show. Uh, there are a couple names that are still on the board. Uh, again, the Chicago Cubs said they're selling. Uh, the Cubs still have Javi Baez, who has an expiring contract at the end of this season. Chris Bryant is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Craig Kimbrell is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. So those are three big names from the Cubs right there. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, you look at them, uh, they already said that they have no interest in moving Herman Marquez. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Why they would let him walk for nothing, I have no clue. Uh, Trevor Story also going to be a free agent at the end of this season. The Rockies are very stingy, and this is why they're, they're not a winning franchise. They're not a winning culture uh, in that organization. You have two guys who a lot of teams are willing to give you prospects for, and you're willing to just let them walk with the possibility of getting nothing in return. Instead, you move them and get some prospects and, and develop your farm system. But again, uh, Trevor Story, uh, he's got an expiring contract, as does Marquez. The Rockies front office has come out in the media and stated that they are okay not making any moves at the deadline. Of course, their season has been lost a very long time ago. Um, 
they traded Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in this offseason and got very little for Arenado. You would think if, if they could get something for Story or Marquez, why not take it? But again, that's just the signs of an inept, idiotic front office. Uh, that's a They're a real dumb organization, uh, their leadership. But you still have hope in, in Pittsburgh because... Um, they have a bunch of, of useful players, Brian Reynolds, John Nagowski. So you could go after one of those guys. Th those two guys are both hitting above 300, something the Mets do not have. Uh, Jose Barrios, who's been linked uh, with rumors going to the Mets. Um, he's still available. Josh Donaldson is still available. Minnesota is, is going to be sellers. Of course, they, they shipped off their only all-star for this season. They, they got rid of uh, Nelson Cruz and sent him to the Tampa Bay Rays so I don't see why they wouldn't have an issue uh, shopping Josh Donaldson or Jose Barrios I would want Barrios way more than Donaldson but again targets Chris Bryant of the Cubs uh, Brian Reynolds and John Nagowski of the Pirates even though I don't know if they were to get Nagowski how he would uh, get along with Marcus Stroman after that little skirmish in Pittsburgh but there, there, there are guys. There are there are players out there that that can be, that that can be acquired. Again, a lot of these teams, nothing to play for. So a lot of expiring contracts. And uh, this Mets club could use some help. Again, if I'm the Mets, I would offer up J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis, uh, batting uh, way above 300. Uh, he could go, and uh, he has time left on his contract. He can go to one of these bad teams and have the season of a lifetime and be an all-star and, and do all sorts of things. So, uh, he's very valuable. Uh, the Mets have prospects that they can give up. Like I said last week, uh, I don't mind giving up Mark Vientos, the third baseman from double uh, a Binghamton. He plays for the rumble ponies. Uh, Brett Beatty clearly is the third baseman of the future. So while you have Brett Beatty, you can afford to part ways with Vientos also, Ronnie Mauricio, who's uh, playing for High A Brooklyn, the Cyclones. Uh, I've said time and time again, Mauricio, he's a young kid. He's 20 years old. He's a switch-hitting shortstop. We already have a switch-hitting shortstop for the next decade. Um, some people say that you could teach Mauricio to play a different position because he's so young. But at the same time, what are you going to do? You can't move him to the outfield because we have a prized prospect in the outfield. Uh, his name is Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, you can't move him to third because that's Brett Beatty's position. Um, uh, second base, maybe. First base, maybe. But I, I, I can do without Ronnie Mauricio. Again, he's a switch hitting shortstop. The Mets have one for the next decade in Francisco Lindor. Uh, although Mauricio has a long future in baseball ahead of him, I, I just don't see him and Lindor in the same infield. I'm sorry. Um, the prospects you want to keep, of course, Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez. Um, you also have Franklin Killame, who's a promising pitcher. He's been in the Mets farm system for quite a while now. You also have Thomas Sapucky, who's been up and down the shuttle between Syracuse and Flushing. He's, he, I think he's only played in one one or two games. So the Mets have pieces to move. Uh, Drew Smith is a nice young pitcher out of the bullpen. I would hate to see him go, but if we had to get give up collateral, it would be him. So we got J.D. Davis and Drew Smith uh, at the major league level. And then, of course... The Mets um, can part ways with uh, Franklin Killame, Thomas Sapucky, Mark Vientos, or Ronnie Mauricio, or any combination of. A lot of these teams who are making deals with 
with these teams who are having fire sales. They're only giving up pure prospects. So who knows? J.D. Davis might still be on the roster as of 4 p.m. today. Uh, you never know. But again, uh, trade targets, uh, Craig Kimbrell of, of the Cubs, uh, Chris Bryan of the Cubs, Javi Baez, who will be a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, he has come out in the media and said he would love to play with Francisco Lindor. Uh, of course, Baez can also play second and third, even though he's a natural shortstop. Uh, but but the way he's been struggling with the bat uh, since last season, I personally don't want to see him on, on the on the New York Mets. But, I mean, if we got to make a move and he's the best we can get, I mean, I guess. But I wouldn't give up the King's Ransom for a player who's not living up to, to the potential that he can. Uh, again, uh, I, w I want Chris Bryant on this team. I want Craig Kimbrell on this team. Uh, the rumor has Trevor Story involved with the Yankees, but if we could get a Trevor Story, I would like to see Trevor Story uh, in Flushing. So uh, the, the possibilities are there. Jose Barrios, of course, if we have to take Josh Donaldson in order to get Jose Barrios, like we had to take Carlos Carrasco to get Francisco Lindor, then so be it. Um, but there, there, even the Cleveland Indians who are, who are fading fast, uh, they can afford to give up some players. Of course, you know, they've got a bunch of young guys. Uh, Jose Ramirez would be somebody I would target as well to switch hitting third baseman. Somebody who's familiar with Lindor and has the chemistry. And I'm just thinking third baseman, because again, that's where the primary defensive need is. And Jose Ramirez has a decent bat as well. Uh, Zach Davies from the Cubs, also another viable option. Uh, Zach Davies in 22 games so far this season is 6-7 with a 4.39 ERA. He's not a high strikeout guy, but he can be a, a serviceable starter if needed. Um, so again, uh, plenty of guys out there. And again, the Cubs are sellers at this deadline. Again, I do want to see Bryant and Kimbrell more than anybody come to this New York Mets team. I also want to see Jose Barrios. Uh, the rumor on Barrios is that the Twins want Ronnie Mauricio. Again, if I'm the Mets, we already have a short uh, a, a shortstop who also happens to be a switch hitter on the roster for the next 10 years. You might as well dump Mauricio. He becomes expendable at this point since Lindor uh, is already here and plays the same position and is a switch hitter as well. So uh, that, that that's just my train of thought here. Uh, I need... Um, Zach Scott and Sandy Cohen to do something and do something quick before this 4 p.m. deadline comes about. Again, if, if we could get Chris Bryant with either uh, Zach Davies or Craig Kimbrell, that would be amazing. If we could get Jose Barrios from the Twins, that would be great. I don't know why the Mets, again, would want to hold on to Ronnie Mauricio. Like, he's, he, he's a diamond of some sort. Again, we have a switch hitting shortstop in Lindor. I know it sounds like a broken record, but that's my emphasis on that point. Uh, again, Mark Vientos as well in Double A, free up a third base spot because he's competing with Brett Beatty for reps. So uh, the the possibilities here uh, are endless. I do hope that the Mets make a move. Steve Cohen has said that he's willing to spend the money and go over the tax threshold to get this team some pieces to contend. And not even well, not even contend because I believe the Mets are going to win the National League East regardless. But uh, the Mets need a bat, and they need a starting pitcher, and they need a bat because we can't keep uh, bringing Jared Eikhoff back and trotting him out there to, to get blown up 
Uh, we can't keep doing these bullpen games, even though a formula like that has worked for the Tampa Bay Rays and got them to the World Series. But this Mets team needs to make a move. They're worrying about idiotic things like bringing back throwback jerseys every Friday night. No, you need to make an acquisition. Steve Cohen does not run the team. He leaves it up to Sandy Alderson and Zach Scott. But Steve Cohen needs to put his foot down and and, and give them these guys some type of ultimatum because if the Mets do not make a move at this trade deadline, this could potentially derail the Mets season. Again, uh, the Braves just took three of five from us. Uh, the Phillies, they're, they've been heating up as of late. They're at five, They're playing 500 ball. Of course, in this NL East, or the NL least, as a lot of people like to call it, um, this is the Mets' division to lose, and I feel that by not making a move at the deadline, the Mets uh, will be losers. Right now, the Mets are looking like losers at the deadline. Uh, the Yankees are looking like winners. The Padres are looking like winners. The Dodgers sure as hell are looking like winners. The Red Sox looking like winners. The Tampa Bay Rays looking like winners. So uh, this it would be it would be very disappointing for the Mets to not make a move. There have been moves being made all week since last week, and it would just make our organization look really really bad if we can't make a move at this deadline. I think that this team is one key bat and one starting pitcher away from going from a good season to a great season. And again, I know with Carrasco coming back, that's going to bolster the rotation. Right now, you've got Carrasco. Even though I feel he's a fraud, you could throw Taiwan Walker in there, even though uh, I, I don't have anything good to say about him right now. Marcus Stroman. And and then you've got Tyler McGill. You're just waiting for DeGrom to come back. That 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 should be enough for a playoff formula if Taiwan Walker could get his act together and stop being a, a fraud here. But... Uh, this Mets team, like I said, is one pitcher and one batter away. Uh, Craig Kimbrell would be a big help in the bullpen only because of the year he's having, especially a contract year for him. He was somebody I said the Mets should have got, gone after in 2019 when he spent more than half the season as a free agent looking for the right deal. So, you know, and, and the Mets, they got a Zach Davies wouldn't even be a bad addition, still a young pitcher. And with the drama going on with, with Kumar Rocker, who the Mets drafted with the 10th overall pick during the All-Star break during the draft. He may not sign due to an elbow issue. The Mets are very hesitant. I think that'll also be a mistake. We'll get to more of that on Monday after the deadline has passed for him to sign, which is Sunday at 5 p.m. We'll talk more about that again on Monday. But um, they need to shore up some pitching. So Because Rocker could have been a guy he'd be up in about two years. So Mets have some work to do. I need... uh. Zach Scott and Sandy Alderson to, to utilize Steve Cohen's money. Trade, trade, get it, put some cash in the trade, cash considerations. Again, we've got more than enough prospects as long as it's not Brett Beatty or Francisco Alvarez and, and, and get to work. I'm going to be at City Field both today and tomorrow. And by the time I walk into the place tomorrow, because I usually get there early, by the time I walk into City Field tomorrow, I should see a shakeup in this roster. And with that being said, I've said everything else there is to say, but the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets!